Welcome to the Path to Inspiration podcast, daily content to remind you to inspire and be inspired. And this podcast is hosted by the founder of Path to Inspiration, Sebastian Grinko. Welcome to all. Today, I want to talk about a very delicate subject. And I want to share my story and how I dealt with this particular topic, which is the subject of guilt. Guilt is not something that is so easily fixed. At least from in my humble opinion. Guilt can be suppressed, can be repressed in a way that we don't even necessarily know how guilty we feel about things we have done or things we have not done. Because if this get if you deal with guilt by suppressing it and repressing it, it will go deep down and will manifest in a way that you will not necessarily be able, unless you're well versed in this topic, to know that this is the manifestation of guilt. I have an example before I talk about me. I have a friend, and this friend will remain <laughs> anonymous. But this friend is suffering from unconscious guilt, and this friend knows why she's suffering from this particular guilt because she has physical ailments that she had not prior to feeling this kind of anger and this kind of guilt because she is infuriated because of some things that happened in her life and some injustices she suffered from and the injustices that she sees with her eyes. But at the same time, and those are her words she shared with me, at the same time, she feels guilty for feeling that much anger, hatred, ill will towards people. She's feeling guilty about not being able to be more loving, caring towards others, but more specifically towards herself. And because she feels this anger to begin with, and on top of that, she had the guilt, conscious or subconscious, and also conscious, she's beating herself up because she's feeling angry on the one hand, and on the other hand, it's like, why are you feeling this? Why can't you not be more loving? So she has this conflict in her mind. And because she told me that most of the time, she suppresses it. She doesn't know how to deal with this later. Or she would just vent and just feel this like without letting go. Because she's not letting go of it. She's exacerbating it, exaggerating it. Putting fuel on the fire, so to speak. Because she's not feeling angry and letting it go. She's not feeling guilty and letting go. She's feeling angry and guilt on top of anger. So more and go. That's why in Buddhism we call double, triple suffering. It's like you have this suffering. You have this amount of suffering, but what you add to this suffering is your own making. So you have this suffering, then you double it, triple it, quadruple it, etc, etc. If you are at this level, it's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. You just let go of this. But this particular girl is eating her from the inside out. And she told me that she's suffering from things that she never suffered from before. And 
I do believe and I read enough and I studied enough and I meditated enough to know that a lot of this guilt can cause a lot of physical ailments leading even to death, cancers and whatnot. Guilt is one, for those of you who have read anything by David Hawkins, you know what I'm talking about. Guilt is the lowest vibration you can have. Guilt and shame are the lowest. Guilt, shame and apathy are the lowest vibrations you can ever feel. So beware. That's why self-love is so important. That's why letting go is so important. Because when you are in guilt, you are belittling yourself. You are vilifying yourself, for lack of a better term. You are literally hating on yourself instead of loving yourself. You are beating yourself up. You're beating the drum of you are not getting enough. Why are you like this? Why am I like this? Why am I suffering so much? Why? 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 Instead of asking why, you should just let go. You don't need to beat and say why I should be better. Like why am I such a piece of shit? Why am I feeling this? What can I do about this? I'm no good. It's too hard. You know what I mean? I know we've all been there. We've all been down this rabbit hole because most of the time, and that's what I read from the book Letting Go by David Hawking, most of the time, even when we hate on people, even when we're negative about other people, there is an unconscious guilt, even if we don't notice it. Because hating on people is not a natural state of mind. We are as natural beings, for lack of a better term, pure. Or at least free from hindrances and unwholesome emotions to conditioning and time and rebirth, if you believe in reincarnation. We add more and more of the unwholesome and if we don't let go, we accumulate them over countless lives, again, if you believe in reincarnation. But even in this life, if we don't let go, we accumulate. If we don't try to better ourselves and evolve into a more wholesome person, a more wholesome spiritual being, well, this thing, this stuff will stick around. And generally speaking, a lot of people get to an edge where they don't take it anymore. And at this edge, either they go to the dark side and go bananas, go berserker, or they find a way to deal with this. But when you allow this process, when you're at this level, it's hard to go back. Not saying it's impossible, it's always possible no matter where you are, but it is harder. That's why this particular friend of mine is suffering from all those ailments, those physical ailments that she can't do anything. When I say she can't do anything about, in the physical world, she cannot do anything about it. She cannot, no matter what medication, this will deal with some of the consequences and the symptoms will alleviate some of those symptoms, but the cause is still there. And as... As... Even, no matter what you do, if this cause has not been dealt with, you will always have the symptoms and the consequences. No matter how much medication, there will always be the cause, so you need to deal with the cause. That's why you hear a lot of stories of people changing their mindset and loving themselves and being more positive and changing their health altogether and going from a state of complete unhealthiness to a state of wholesome and a wholesomeness and health and recovery etc etc that's no that's not a fucking joke that's real that's real a lot of our of, of our physical ailments begins because of what we have cultivated in our minds 
and in our heart. So if there is part of our minds in our heart that are they are darkened by 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 unwholesome emotions and traumas that we are still cultivating to this day, they they were triggered in the past, but we carry them with us on a daily basis. They are not going away. We have to let them go. They will not go away in the to, by their own accord. We have to push them aside and let them go deliberately with our discipline, with the discipline of our mind, with the cultivating of our mind. And I was talking about this friend, but I want to talk about the guilt I felt. I have a twin brother. I was born before him, but I have a twin brother who's living in front. I love him very dearly. When we were living, when we were kids, we were. I have a twin brother and a younger brother, four years younger than me and my twin, my twin and I. When we were younger, when we were about eight years old, we were living in Venezuela, in Caracas. My younger brother had an accident. He felt. Um, he was in the emergency staircase and he fell down the fifth story. He was on the fifth floor and he was walking up with his rollerblades with a friend of ours and he fell down and he was in a coma. He almost died. I cannot recall how long he stayed in a coma, but he almost died. So he survived. Fortunately, he survived. And he, through a long process, he recovered. He still has part of his brain that does not function at, from an intellectual way. He, he, can't, he cannot do things too intellectual because it takes, takes a lot of brain power that he does not have because his brain has been affected from the accident because he fell somewhat on the head, right? And he was on the coma and he suffered. But if you were to see him that's a miracle. If you were to see him, some people have lesser accidents and are paraplegic and cannot use their, their, their body anymore. Now, he still can use his body and if you were to meet him, you will never guess he had an accident. You would think he's lying. It's a miracle. My mom, my mother cannot talk about this accident without crying because it's just like, even I feel some emotion welling up, but I will stay composed. But my mother cannot talk about this accident without cheering up because it's, as a mother you can imagine how, how how strong and intense those emotions still are after time even though uh, even though it's a miracle that he's still alive and he's well he's functioning and when I say he's, he's, uh, <laughs> his brain is not working as well no he's working pretty well he's not as smart as a lot of people but he's not, I know a lot of people who didn't have any accident who are much dumber than him God bless their souls right but what I'm trying to say is that you would not believe how 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 normal, for lack of a better term, he looks nowadays, right? And he's my age, right? 33. Oh, about to turn 33 in a few weeks, sorry. But <laughs> but back to my story. When I was after the 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 time in Venezuela. We went back to France and uh, I was still a good student at the time in school. My brother was still recovering and after a couple of years in, in France, my brother had almost fully recovered, right? And we went to live in Oman, Sultanate of Oman in the Middle East. For those of you who don't know who the Sultanate of Oman is, it's a small country 
north of Yemen and on the east side of Saudi Arabia, right in the Middle East, right? And uh, we stayed a couple of years and then after me and my twin brother became teenagers and we moved back to France all together, me and my family. And at that time, I don't know, you know, teenagers are tough. <laughs> I was not doing well in school. I was not even going to school. I had the wrong crowd, etc. It was the toughest time of my life. Those teenagers from 13 to 16, it's not my most glamorous years. And especially for my family, especially my father and mother. Because they had to deal with a troublesome, stupid teenager, to say the least. And I'm talking about me, <laughs> I'm not talking about my twin brother. But at the time, my brother was in another school. He was in a private school, I was in a public school. And through many years, and I have to compose my head myself to talk about this subject, through many years, I was seeing him working so hard and uh, he was working so hard to get the same grades as me. Mediocre grades, you know. And I was a smart, I was a bright kid and uh, I could get better grades. But I was just doing stupid stuff. And uh, my brother was struggling to get the same grades. I was ditching school, I was not doing my homework, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And he was struggling. He was working hard, I could see him, I was coming home, I was doing stupid things and he would still be working, doing his homework, he would take a couple hours to do what I could do in a few minutes, right? And uh, and this thing like was a thing on me, because, <clears throat> and my mother, blood bless her soul, right? She didn't do it on purpose, but she was telling me like, how can you do this, like your brother had an accident and he's working so hard and you, you are able to do better than him, but you don't do anything, you take this for granted and your brother is working so hard and he was like, he was he was working really hard at this <clears throat> and uh, obviously years passed and I got better, he got better and uh, I this thing was like haunting me, I was feeling so guilty and not something I could let go of, you know and I was telling my mother and I was calling on FaceTime when I was in China a couple of years ago because I let I have let go of this not such a long time ago. So I was every now and then I was talking, and even my mother, she was telling me that was a long time ago. You was you were young. You didn't know better, right? And it's so funny how how it's so interesting how things of this past can have the same vividness. I mean, emotionally as they had in the past because I remember very clearly that that I was seeing him and I, I was. Uh, Maybe too stupid to to feel it, but in 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 those quiet moments when I was alone and I was I was my mind was clear, it would, uh, this, those emotions would come up and well up, and, and it would make me cry and, and suffer, right? And many times I I I, I think I'm, subconsciously I repressed it and suppressed it, but these these last couple of years I have been focusing more on myself and my and my development emotionally and spiritually and. I was dealing with it, it would come up and I would let it go with meditation and stuff like this. And I remember the last time it happened, I was sitting on this very sofa, maybe last year or a couple years ago, and I was working on something. And all of a sudden, I'm not even joking, all of a sudden, this emotion came up. The memory of, of this time came up and I started crying. 
like crazy. I was sobbing. I, I cried so much. I was lying down on the sofa, the sofa you see right now. I was lying and I, I, I was crying so much that I drifted and fell on the floor. I like, I like somehow pushed my body on the floor. On the floor you cannot see right now, but I was on the floor and I was sobbing. Like almost hysterically sobbing and sobbing. And it's just like, I, but I allowed it, I let it go, and I was not trying to repress it. On the time, I was just, it was just like, it was five, ten minutes of intense sobbing. I was just letting go. And, and after that, it's just, I just let go of it. And like, yeah, obviously, when I talk about it now, I, I feel some emotion, but I have let go at least the bulk of it and the, the, the guilt I had behind it because it was something, I just, there was only two things in my life that I felt really guilty about. That was number one. And the second thing was making my father and mother suffer through my teenage years and not being a better son, right? And I have let go of this and I've apologized to myself and to them, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, you know, the people that love you, they don't understand why you feel so guilty because they have forgiven you or sometimes they don't even need carefully apology but sometimes it feels good to give to, to to just apologize because you by virtue of apologizing and and seeking for forgiveness you it helps you even if you don't receive it that's what i'm saying to to cultivate it in your heart right and that's why forgiveness is such a, an amazing thing and that's why they say that uh, to err is human to forgive is divine and truly believe this and there's a saying by one of my favorite monks and he says that when someone tells you, ask you how many times you should forgive, you should always answer, always one more time. And I really do believe it, no matter what it is, because forgiveness is really magical and it's super mundane and it is on another level. It's really truly divine, no matter what you think about God, if you believe in God. I don't necessarily believe in God. I mean, God is an entity, but I do believe in forgiveness. And I do believe that somehow, somewhat, forgiveness is divine. And, and, I, in my opinion, forgiving others is not necessarily easy, but it's easier than forgiving oneself, at least for me. And I, I've seen the benefits of forgiving myself, and I, for the best, to my best of my abilities, I, I think in this world we need a lot of self-forgiveness, a self-love. It doesn't mean that we should not be accountable for what we do wrong, and and not understand that sometimes yes we do wrong, sometimes we fuck up, sometimes we do things that are horrible. Yes. But we should find it in our heart to cultivate forgiveness and, and let go. And that's what meditation taught me over time. Because we see good. And yes, I, that's why maybe a lot of you, a lot of us will not want to indulge in meditation. Because yes, meditation is definitely a detoxifying process. When you detoxify your body, if you've been unhealthy for a long time and you've been eating shitty things for a long time, yes, the detoxifying process will be hard in the beginning. It's no joke. Why? Because you have been so unhealthy for a long time. When you begin the process of being healthy, you will get you get ramifications that are hard to deal with at the beginning, right? There's a backlash, but it's darkest before dawn, right? So you have to understand that it will get better. And when you start the process of meditation, you have all those things coming up. My friend, the friend I was talking to, about in the beginning of the video, she would close her eyes and start crying. She would, she could not even start meditating. She would close her eyes and feel all the sadness well up. 
all those negative emotions, but I guarantee you, okay, you have to sit with it, just let it go, be with it, allow it to be, no matter how hard it is, no matter how many times you do it. Sometimes you will not be able to do it because it's so overwhelming and it conquers you in a way that it's, it's too hard to bear. Just allow it a little bit over time, it will get better. Maybe 1% today, 1% tomorrow. And with this Kaizen attitude, it will get better. You'll be able to cope with it and let it go. And you will see, slowly but surely, this emotion that was so strong, that was keeping you back, will fade more and more. And most of the time, a lot of them will fade completely from your life. Sometimes there will still be leftovers, but those leftovers, you'll be able to deal and cope with them much more effortlessly. I guarantee you, it's a worthwhile process and I did it in my life. I've seen other people do it. It's life-changing. I don't want to sound too corny, but it is true. It has helped me so much in my life. And that's why I'm such a big advocate of self-love and meditation. And forgiveness is a huge part of this because this world have make sometimes this world makes us make us think that we need to be perfect and we have to understand for even in, in a psychoanalytic way that we all have our shadow to quote Carl Jung and it's not something we repress we can repress suppress without having a backlash we need to integrate it as Carl Jung would say allow it and let go of it in the garden of your mind you have weeds you have a lot of weeds you don't nurture them you don't water them because they will grow more and more you just let go of them with kindness you just let go of them with not well with hatred you don't have any ill will towards those feelings you just get rid of them and let go gently and on the other side you water those seeds of wholesomeness of warmth of compassion, of self-love, of unconditional love. You water those seeds and over time, the more you encourage the good in yourself, the more you nurture those seeds and those plants and those beautiful trees, the more you will cultivate the garden of your mind, the beautiful garden of your mind. And this is my story and I hope it will help you. So remember, always forgive one more time. Or give, forgive others one more time and always forgive yourself one more time. Thank you for listening. This was the Path to Inspiration podcast. For more information, go to pathtoinspiration.com for more content or sebgrinko.com for coaching.